we're analyzing Texas Instruments stock ticker TXN to see if it's a potential buy now. We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Texas Instruments. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. This analysis is gonna be intense, but it's gonna be worth it. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Texas Instruments for your stock portfolio. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Texas Instruments performance. Right now, Texas Instruments trades for $165.85 per share. Year to date, their stock is up 1.5%. They're trailing the S&P 500 by quite a bit. In the last decade, Texas Instruments is compounding at 15.5% annually. Going back before the global financial crisis, Texas Instruments has compounded at 11% annually. They beat the market in the last two decades. Right now, Texas Instruments pays an above average 3% dividend yield. Their average dividend yield throughout this time is added to the returns in their stock. Texas Instruments is likely a future dividend aristocrat. They've grown their dividend payouts in each of the last 18 years. Right now, Texas Instruments trades $23 below its 52-week high. The company's up around $18 from their 52-week low. There's a little short interest in the business, with around 1.5% of their shares sold short. Texas Instruments is a huge company. The company has nearly $150 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Texas Instruments? Dallas-based Texas Instruments generates over 95% of its revenue from semiconductors, and the remainder from its well-known calculators. Texas Instruments is the world's largest maker of analog chips, which are used to process real-world signals such as sound and power. Texas Instruments also has a leading market share position in processors and microcontrollers used in a wide variety of electronic applications. Now let's dive into their numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns around a 7% return on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. In the case of Texas Instruments, they've earned above average returns in all five of these years and by quite a lot. When these are averaged out, Texas Instruments earns 41% average returns on capital in a given year. These are nearly six times better than a typical business. This is a huge check on metric number one. The business earns very, very high returns. Metric number two, we're looking for growth to support these high returns. We want to see revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. We'll include their numbers up until today, which aren't all shown on their chart. In this time, Texas Instruments has grown their revenues by 19%. The company's earnings have grown by 38%. However, the company's free cash flows have declined by 47%, as Texas Instruments has nearly quadrupled their capital expenditures over this time. These capital expenditures partly depend if they're for maintenance or for growth. Either way, though, their free cash flows are down, meaning this is an X on metric number two. Metric number three, we're looking for earnings per share growth. We learned the company grew their earnings or their net incomes by 38% in our last metric. At the same time, Texas Instruments has bought back 7% of their shares. This increases the ownership percentage for existing shareholders in the business. Because of this, Texas Instruments has grown their earnings per share. This is a check on metric number three. Metric number four, we want to see something similar. We're looking for free cash flow per share growth. Even though Texas Instruments has been buying back some shares, that's not going to outpace their declines in their free cash flow. Again, a lot of this is for growth as the company's opening up new chip fabs. Still, this is an X on metric number four, which means through four metrics, we're split evenly. We have two checks and two Xs so far for Texas Instruments. 
In recessions, it's businesses with a lot of debt that can have the biggest losses or even go bankrupt. Metric number five, we want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash in their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. In this time, Texas Instruments has had very little net debt. They ended last year with just $87 million in net debt. Right now, they've increased this somewhat, and they have $1.7 billion of net debt. However, in the last five years, they've generated $29.6 billion of free cash flow, very, very easily able to support their total debt position. This is a huge check on metric number five, as Texas Instruments is very cash flow generative, even as their free cash flows have declined more recently. Before we get to the first of two different ways we're valuing Texas Instruments, it's time for our bonus. Here we want to see that their dividends are supported by their free cash flows. That's been the case in all five of the last years. Right now, Texas Instruments pays an above average 3% dividend yield. Not only have they grown their dividends in the last five years, again, they're likely a future dividend aristocrat. They've grown these in the last 18 years. They've also supported their dividends comfortably using their free cash flows. One thing to note is that the company technically did not support their dividends using their free cash flows in their last 12 months. Again, a lot of this has to do with the company's high capex as of late, which primarily seems to be aimed at fueling growth. Still, we wanted to see that they were supported either way. Because that's not the case today, this is an X on our bonus. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Texas Instruments average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Texas Instruments. Right now, Texas Instruments has a $151 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their net debt position and their market cap. It looks at the company similar to it being a private business. We learned in their last five years, they generated $29.6 billion of free cash flow. This means in an average year, they generate $5.9 billion of free cash flow. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get a 3.9% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. That's right in line with the yield from the 10-year treasury. On a current basis, because their free cash flows are down, they generated $3.2 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their enterprise value, it gives us a 2.1% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. That's coming in below the yield from the 10-year treasury. Both of these are down from the risk premium we're looking for, meaning on metric number six, this is an X. Don't just throw the business out. We still need to estimate their fair value per share and give our rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Texas Instruments, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We're starting with an average of their last three fiscal years worth of free cash flow, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for the business. Texas Instruments has been very predictable in their past. This better informs our assumptions, but it's no guarantee for the future. If we assume their three-year free cash flows grow at 10% annually for the next 10 years, then in the following decade, assuming that this growth rate is cut in half and these grow at 5% annually, we'll add in their tangible book value to give an estimate of their net worth. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, from today's valuations, if these are the same 20 years into the future, an estimate of Texas Instruments fair value per share is around $88. That's down around half from their current stock price. Keep some key points in mind. Again, the company's business predictability isn't a guarantee for their future. This discount rate is an estimate of total returns to shareholders based on their free cash flows. 
It includes both their average dividend yield and any gains in their stock price. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll talk about our final rating, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for the business. Why don't we find out what they are? Starting with the factors supporting a long thesis, number one, Texas Instruments has a leading market share position in the lucrative analog semiconductor market, holding scale advantages that virtually no other rival can match. Number two, a key element of Texas Instruments' success has come from its massive global sales staff, which allows the firm to cross-sell its extensive semiconductor product portfolio to existing customers. Number three, Texas Instruments' ability to manufacture analog parts on 300mm silicon wafers has provided the company with robust gross margin expansion in recent years. But we'd be remiss if we didn't cover the negatives of their business as well. Looking at the factors supporting a short thesis, Number one, if U.S.-China trade tensions continue, customers in China may gravitate to analog and embedded parts made by TI's neutral European-based rivals, such as ST Micro, Infineon, or NXP. Number two, despite its strong position and diverse exposure, Texas Instruments is still vulnerable to the cyclicality of the overall semiconductor industry. Number three, Texas Instruments' other business segment, which includes DLPs, calculators, and other products, has nice margins but may see declining revenue over the next few years. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors of their business. Now let's talk about our rating. We learned through analyzing Texas Semiconductor stock ticker TXN that this company earns very high returns on capital. They've grown both their revenues and their earnings. However, due to very big capex spend, their free cash flows are down. Still, they bought back 7% of their shares and they generate a ton of free cash flow compared to the debt they use in their business. Again, this analysis isn't financial advice. Their free cash flow to enterprise value yields may or may not look attractive compared to the 10-year treasury. Their average is about right in line while their current is down. Keep in mind the company supported robust dividend growth with their free cash flows in all of their last fiscal years, but due to their increased capex spend, that's not the case today. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, based on today's valuation multiples, if these are the same 20 years into the future, if you believe these assumptions and you want a 15% rate of return, it looked like an estimate for their fair value was around $88 per share. TI last traded at those levels in the fall of 2017. You'd need to be patient. When we look at all the factors for their business, Texas Instruments looks like a modest candidate for further research. Thanks for learning about Texas Instruments with me. Subscribe to the channel for more videos. Have a great day and check out this next one.